Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. Hey, today we have a guest on our show. It's Dan Elliott, uh, our community care pastor. He's been around here for a while. If you don't know him, he's awesome. He preached on Sunday, and we talk about Isaiah 40 and this beautiful and yet strange passage. We also are going to talk about why is it that Christians continue to celebrate all of these uh, pagan-connected rituals like Christmas trees and such? Um, yeah, why do we celebrate those things, and is it okay for us to celebrate with Christmas trees and candles and lights and all of these things that are rooted in pagan traditions? Yeah, without any further ado, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello. Well, hello, everyone. We're just comparing the price tag of all of our shoes, I guess. I got it's, a bargain pair of shoes that I'm sure... They're great, pay. man. I like them. Yeah. So yeah. Like very nice. Looks for $4.50 from Renewed Treasures. And this episode has been sponsored. Who's, is, is that his microphone? Oh, I'm talking oh, in both mics. Microphone? Here we go. <laughs> I'm just like so used to... I'm talking into two mics. Hey, look, I did a production thing. I fixed it. <laughs> Okay. Hey, wow, look at you. And I need to snuggle with Dan more because I'm out of the frame. <laughs> Who is Dan, in, by the Come way, to in. people that are meeting Dan for the first time? Yeah, this, oh, is anyone just meeting Dan um, for the first time? Oh. I suppose we have a few listeners yeah. who are not connected with us, Yeah, um, which we don't, we don't know why they're here. But hey, hey. that's fine. We like yeah. them anyway. If we had nothing to do, we wouldn't be here. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dan is one of our pastors here. He's a community care pastor, yeah. and he's been around for a short period of time. Got to keep that right up to the Dan, chin. Tell, tell us how long you, well, you know, is I'm, that I'm like asking count. how old you are? No, 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 no that's nothing. Well, like be, well, I, you know, I can give people a range because I found a plaque of elders at the church <laughs> that began in 1979 and went <laughs> up until present day. And Dan was a lot closer to the beginning than he was yeah, to the end. <laughs> I was. But I hopped on staff probably in the 90s. The 90s? It like, yeah, That's it was like know. 90. Anyway, I've been on about 25 years. So, so years. do you know what gives me like chills of horror or whatever is that um, the, the, the 90s to now are what the 60s were to the 90s. So when my dad used to talk about the 60s, I'm like, that's so long ago. And now I'm like, oh, no, the 90s were amazing to my kids. And they think the same about that as I thought about the 60s. That's very true. Trying to get them to watch all these 80s movies and stuff. And it's just. Uh... Well, then, just to disclose, yeah, I'm, I'm in my 70s. Uh-huh. That always used to be just over the hill for me. Just barely, though. And now I'm the one That's over the No, 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 no. So I, I heard 70s, the new 30. Okay, good, good. Don't know where I heard that. Yeah. Might, have, yeah. <laughs> might I was, have made it up. I was thinking I should probably wear a cap because <laughs> I don't want to. Blind this thing today you know, mm. in my head. Oh, you're fine. Oh, good. Well, the reason Dan's here is we typically try our best. It doesn't always work out, but whoever preached the sermon on Sunday joins us on the podcast because this podcast, in case you hadn't noticed, is generally speaking about the subject that was preached the previous Sunday. So there's okay. that's why Dan's here. Generally speaking. Generally, generally speaking. speaking. Although yeah. we yes. we do feel, I do feel the need to go off script this today slightly. Poor Dan, uh, because it's That's not okay. a subject he talked about at all. But we get, we did get a question that came in about some of the pagan practices that we we celebrate at in Christmas, tra- mm. and oh, even joy. in Christian traditions. My goodness, 
we're pagans here. <laughs> Evidently. So, so I haven't seen the question. Was it something like, it, did Christians just co-opt pagan festivals? Yes. That's and, almost exactly what the really? question was. And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. End of story. Oh, now we can move on. <laughs> we did. I thought we might expound upon it slightly more than that. <laughs> But I don't. I guess we don't need to. Yeah. Well. So yes. So so it is interesting in that generally speaking. Yes. Historically. Yes. Christians have always celebrated the birth of Christ, and they've always celebrated the res- death and resurrection of Christ. Yeah. As Christian Christianity moved into nations that were pagan, they did at times start celebrating those things and dates that were already festivals. So they almost like engulfed that festival date. And I actually did some research on the subject because I I knew these things vaguely, but Mm -hmm. I actually went ahead and did did some studying. That's always dangerous. But we don't need to talk about it right now. I mean, Oh, we we, don't. Oh, sorry. I thought that was the invitation to talk about it. Well, I mean, now we've started. It's like pushing me down like a a snow hill. You can't like climb back up, you know? (laughs) And you are 210 pounds, so you... you Yeah. Oh, man. I get lighter and lighter every week. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I love this. Um, That's all I have to do to lose weight is hang out with Alex and he keeps missing quoting my weight um <laughs> so yeah uh a lot of it like the specific date i don't have a ton of details on there's been some speculation around um you know when in in the 16th century pope gregory created a new 365 day calendar because all of these all of these festivals so this is around when christendom is like mm-hmm. Hopping, hopping, and you know, Christianity is like the national religion uh, of everywhere, of everywhere, pretty much. And they, you know, all these like celebrations and feasts, days, and stuff like that were drifting because of the calendar mm-hmm. prior. So he came up with the calendar that we use today, which is the 365 day calendar with a leap year day every fourth year or whatever. And then in the process, it locked in some of these things. Now there was debate at the time in theological circles. Should, what should we do with, um, with Christmas? Should it be tied to this particular calendar or should it continue to be tied to sort of more of a lunar calendar? And that now it's still connected more to this, to the solstice, to the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. And part of that's in the fourth and fifth century um, related to missionaries to the Celts. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd like yeah. to know how much work Gregory did on this calendar personally. My suspicion is he wasn't actively involved. Um, like rubber stamp Probably was, I think, yeah. his thing. A bunch of guys on standing on the shoulders of giants, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. But someone came up with it. Yeah, you're right. And so, so the, the in actual fact, huh? that's usually the way it is. Well, he, he, yeah, yeah I mean, he gets credit for it. He's wow. a pretty, he's a pretty influential guy. Uh, who knows? Yeah, maybe he was more involved than some of the some of the guys. Uh, been, but yeah, I mean, the calendar part, maybe. Uh, well, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Regardless, I think I've heard regularly, if anything, based on estimates around like when things are happening and how things are described in scripture, Jesus was probably born sometime around March and probably sometime around the sixth or seventh BC, six or seven BC. Yeah. So I guess here's the question, and this is more, I think the harpy behind the question that came in. um, Why in the world, like almost nothing about Christian Christmas celebrations is anchored in the scriptures. Yeah. Almost nothing. Yeah. Okay. About the dates the decor, the use of trees, that you should the celebrate candles, it. This, that you should celebrate it in general. So, so why do we? 
Why do we celebrate Christmas? Hey. <laughs> it's because it's I mean it's a wonderful time of the year. No. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the you, most sounds like you got that from a wonderful time. <laughs> but yeah, the celebration of Christmas just, you know, celebrating the the coming, celebrating Jesus stepping into this world. One of the points I didn't make on Sunday, so this kind of ties in the sermon a little bit. I was okay. going to say it actually saved, ties into the sermon you wish you'd preach, yeah, Harley. Yeah, you think of these things after you say. <laughs> yeah. But I think Satan would love us to keep Jesus in the manger. Mm. He just wants to see yeah. us view God Sweet as a little, little baby. eight pound, six ounce baby yeah, Jesus. That we that we control. Mm. Um, yeah. Huh. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I think it's I think it's terrific to be able to to celebrate the coming of God into our world and flesh and blood. So I, I think I think my answer to why is the gospel writers celebrate why or celebrate that fact. Like so they choose to to articulate it. And so in the same way that we choose to reflect on his teaching and the way we choose to reflect on his death and resurrection. Three out of the four of them choose to to reflect on his advent as well. One yeah. in this very spatial sort of like heavens to earth kind of way and and a couple in this very humble human sort of way um and so i think it's always been interesting to me that the gospels as biographies are pretty unique in that certainly like john at least like half the book is the last week of jesus life yeah mm -hmm. like it's so focused in on that event um which is unusual um and and then but they, they do choose to reflect on on advent and the idea that god is with us which is what we've said is our sort of central idea for Advent this year. Um, so I think that's probably our cue. They thought yeah. it was important to retell the story. We think it's important to retell the story. Yeah, and, and there's record of early Christians celebrating the birth of Christ in some way or yeah. like really, really early on. Yeah. I would argue that there are the two most significant theological events in Christianity is the incarnation or Christmas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, not specifically the date that we have, yeah, yeah. but the fact that God would take on human flesh. Yes. And then the second one would be the cross and resurrection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because these things are so categorically different than any other religious framework. So, yeah, I, that, I mean, I would. God would do these different things and take on our sin and die on our behalf and then become one of us, like condescend in that way. It's just. Earth-shatteringly yes. different. I, I would want that as a good Pentecostal. I would want to add Pentecost as like a, a third one of those that was equally. That's a biggie. Important, but because that's the same thing. God entering. Yeah. So, so you yeah. got God with us. You got God for us, and then you got God yeah, in nice. us. But, nice. But that doesn't answer I, this person's question. Yes. You know, because because the pagan influences were there as Christianity was spreading, and I believe a lot of those early Christians were saying, "Okay, how do we bring new meaning mm -hmm. to these?" into these situations. I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of those uh, festivals and everything were, mm -hmm. were centered around fertility, around agrarian cultures. Um, you know, I'm not sure that I know all the meaning behind the Celtic, except a lot of the spiritism that's there. Yes. Yeah. So some of the, some of the research I was doing on Celtic um, roots to a, there, a lot of the traditions we have, Christmas trees, uh, candles or lights various different things like this a lot of them are rooted in celtic interesting I paganism rooted in germanic uh practices mm. no well 
Yes, it's all in that that region, okay. the northern region. So ah. missionaries, so missionaries started. Christian missionaries started, you know, proceeding into the northern mm-hmm. states, uh, nations, and bringing the gospel. And um, what they were noticing is deeply rooted in natural theology. Natural theology is sort of theology things that we can learn about God and His world from nature. Um, a lot of these pagan religions celebrated most of their religion surrounding natural things. Mm, yeah. uh, so ironically, even though Christ- or Judaism and Christianity is rooted in the Middle East, uh, a lot of our celebrations are actually rooted in, rooted like, in northern, northern nations. Yeah, so yeah. when we sing st- songs like In the Bleak Midwinter, mm-hmm. it's very tied to these missionaries trying to advance the gospel among the northern peoples. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so in these in these religions, uh, there was these um, solstice feasts where uh, the shortest day of the year, they saw this as like the deepest dark, mm-hmm. the place where the you know, the God of the sun, these sorts of uh, entities in their mind that gave them life that allowed them to plant crops. All these was the most distant. Yes. And then they would have this celebration with the, uh, around a Yule log and they would basically pray that light yeah. would come again. And yeah. so these missionaries show up on the scene mm. and they're like, we know this story. Hence, and, hence the good King Wenceslas. Yeah. Was it Good King Wenceslas last or Good I've, King I, Wenceslas last? I've never actually. I, I don't know. It's actually, one of the other, but he looked out on the feast of Stephen when yeah. the snow lay, lay round about, deep and crisp and even, which it did not do in Israel. No, it didn't in the time of Jesus' birth. But there's so many actual like these missionaries started to notice. Um, because these pagan religions were so tied to the created order they could redeem all of these observations that these pagan religions were seeing and then inject gospel into mm. those things. And so they, it, it actually took on some really beautiful things. Like, for mm. example, in the deepest darkness uh, of the world, we long for light to come. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. He says, I'm the light of the world. Yeah. All these sorts of images. Mm-hmm. And so that's when these they started connecting and redeeming some of these practices in order to communicate the so gospel. So the practice of putting trees up was a practice that was often like used in some of those parts and then adding lights to them turned it into a tree of lights that celebrated the coming of light. Um, yeah, and you have texts like a seed must go into the ground and die mm-hmm. in order to... So there's like all these agricultural the- themes in scripture and the these missionaries just started redeeming all of these themes. And there's, there's a lot of really beautiful imagery. I so, like how you're using that word redeeming. Because that's what I've always seen it as. You know, there's, and you've done all the reference work. I, I'm not sure what the Yule log was and, and, and why there would be the evergreen Eggnog. tree. Eggnog. No, yeah. <laughs> it's got to mean something, right? Yeah, that means something to my Can't wife. Can't drink it out especially. of choice. It's yeah. got um, But all those things, and, and bringing new meaning, you know, and, and trying to take, I'm, I'm sure some of the things that went on would probably make us blush. You but know, don't you days, think? But then you know, yeah. the missionaries, and they're trying to bring new meaning and depth. But don't you yeah. think that, like, I, I often think, so I've got a good friend uh, who's becoming a good friend. He's a Jehovah's Witness, and he stops by my house and okay. hasn't stopped by since my Christmas tree was up because oh, they do not agree with them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So so I think, like, when it comes to things like trees and festival dates and all those different things, like, one, 
a tree has been fully brought into this like this tree of light that is reflective of the coming of god's light to the world the the very term christmas comes from christ mass this celebration specifically of the birth of christ just like there's many other feast days within the church calendar like those things they have been fully brought into that um that christian story to me if anything about the way that we do at christmas is anti jesus it's the materialism absolutely like like i i i'm not the slightest bit worried that i might get to eternity and and god might say hey what were you doing celebrating like the birth of jesus why'd you have a tree in your house like yeah (laughs) two of them are outside the house but yes many trees because i love christmas trees um but but i yeah the the culture of spend as much as you can spend as much as you can yes but but that culture of giving a gift yeah you know reflects god's gift to us that's beautiful yeah and um and we miss that yeah you know with, with the pressures to buy more and more and more and get bigger bigger gifts yeah more money yeah that's, yeah. that's bad yeah, yeah a capitalistic culture sees a celebration like this and is like cha-ching and mm-hmm. it didn't pounces on it, and it's been a smashing success. In smashing the, uh, success. It, uh, not uh, even yeah. in just in the West, all across the globe. Like totally. You, uh, if you go to the Philippines or to Italy mm-hmm. or to Indonesia, like there's Christmas decorations all over the planet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I still go back to use the word, it's redeeming these things. Yeah. Because, and, and I think sometimes we get so fearful when something had some roots in maybe, maybe pagan culture yeah. or something like that. But I think God's in the business of sanctifying. He's, he's in the business of grabbing something and bringing it back to its original purpose. But you can't redeem materialism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just caved real Man. easy. You should have stood up for it. Like that element of it, like material. I think you can, you can give gifts joyfully. Yeah. But I think that the culture that says, like, I think what we've been told is to not enter into that way of living is, you know, every year I read the Christmas Carol. It's like one of my like things that I love to do around Christmas season. And, and there's this moment where this character Scrooge says to his nephew, what is Christmas for you other than a time to buy gifts with money you don't have? Um, huh. and, That's what he says to his nephew. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. so the, the implication of the capitalist world is that, do you know what? If you don't do that, you're just being like Scrooge. Like, like, because like he's anti Christmas. And so, so do the opposite of what he says, go and go and spend all the money you have. And yet like Jesus talks about materialism more than almost any other subject. But isn't um, that the challenge we face with anything? You know, yeah. I mean, following what Christ says, um, and he's not against wealth. You no, know, and he's not, he realized you're going to have wealth. He's pretty ri- rich, actually. Yeah. He like he owns rich. it all. Cattle on a thousand hills. He provides it. Um, but yeah, realizing just where the source of that comes and, and going into The that. love of money. I, I do think many times in the church we miss, we miss God's work of, of pulling something back to its original purpose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're afraid we reject it. And, you know, this brings up a whole sticky wicket, but I'll do it anyway. I you love know, it. a couple of years ago, not no, it was probably a couple of decades ago. We had something called holy yoga, and and we had a lot of uh, interesting dialogue, which was which was great for us to dialogue about because here's here's yoga that a lot of people say, oh yeah, it's got that Eastern influence and mm. brings in some of the spiritism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, the, the person who was leading it, they realized that, and and they would they would say, hey, this is not about 
you know, going back to some of these spirits mm-hmm. from those times. This is, and they'd have worship music, and they'd be trying to focus in on Jesus. And to tell you the truth, I need to stretch, and I need to work on my balance. <laughs> you know, so I'm trying to find a, a good yoga class. That See, would but help you're trying me to do you're balance. trying to do that without expanding your chakra or whatever. Yeah, that time is yeah, there you on. go. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, yeah, God wants us to take care of us. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and, um, yeah. so there's this quote, Alexander Shia. He says, "When Christians are oh, at their God. best." They redeem everything. Oh, that's good. Except materialism. <laughs> so, um, and actually, so if if you were to if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't know if I buy it. I think, I think we're just getting too close to the world and some of these things. Um, just a reminder, like if you compare the very beginning of the Christian story back in Genesis. Uh, by, by the way, there's also connections to the to the Christmas tree and. The, and Genesis because they would have they would have um, fruit that they put in these trees and it was like again those missionaries are like we know this story let me tell you this other story anyway pretty cool but if you go at the beginning you have this garden um, and a lot of Christians even believe that the end game is going back to the garden mm. that's partially true but interestingly it's actually a walled garden mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so and and if you read the end of the story of 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 christianity there's mm-hmm. no gates in this wall mm-hmm. so it's like the it's almost like this uh declaration that there was never supposed to be walls walls weren't supposed to mm-hmm. separate human beings mm-hmm. from each other walls represent fear walls represent lack of safety walls represent danger but they're still there, but the but the gates are always open. Gates are always and there's open. but there there is this declaration that God redeems that which is broken, and that's all that's going on in this sort of situation too. Now, obviously it takes wisdom to know as a follower of Jesus what things are redeemable and how can you go about redeeming them without also then just being influenced by these pagan things it. or whatever. So there you, you go. Gotta be careful. Yeah. And, and so we got to pause there because otherwise Aaron's going to talk about cities for the next hour and a half. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're going to do a whole series on cities. <laughs> it's already been done. It's already done been it. done. Go to the Bible done project, it. way better podcast than ours. <laughs> but Tim Mackey will be appearing on this. podcast. <laughs> oh, come on, Tim. Join us. John, we'd love to have you too. Um, in fact, you can just have our podcast. Would you take all of our listeners? No. <laughs> all right, Dan. Anyway. So that's that question. I love and it. And that's why we uh, we continue to uh, cautiously embrace some of these redeemed practices. Hey, well, I would remind us each one of us has been redeemed. Good grief. We so you, pretty rotten, miserable you brought the message stories. Sunday. Would you g- give us a brief overview of where that came from? Well, it came from Isaiah 40. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a brief overview. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, you oh, know, wait, this isn't your translation. Here's the prophet who's being called to comfort these mm. people. And uh, just as I looked at I had to go back and reread 1 through 39. And, you know, there's there's a lot of hope given in 1 through 39 that are inserted here and there and everywhere. But the, the vast majority of the message is, man, God's day of judgment's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be a rough time. And it seems like all the nations around are getting lambasted, uh, and Israel and Judah especially, you know, for not following their God. And and uh, the message of Isaiah is trust God, mm. trust God. Yeah, this large emperor, empire, Assyria is coming down, and it's going to smash all of these countries. So don't put your hope in these countries to save you. Put your hope in God to save you. Mm. And um, 
yeah, in, in, the, in the process of that, the prophet says, you know, I've been warning you, but you're not going to take the warning. Hmm. And so there's going to be this country called Babylon that's going to come and boom, and you're going to be taken into captivity. And I think everybody would go, oh, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been, we've been worshiping, we've been going to the temple, we've been trying to do everything right. And he yeah. says, yeah, you've been trying to do it right, you're, but your hearts are far from me. So, yeah. so given we have a bunch of uh, you know, Bible nerds in our podcast yeah. community, uh, the, what what date are we at at this point? We're like yeah, it's you know, like six hundred. Like, yeah, so so yeah, I, Israel is already gone. They've been wiped well, during out during the time. You know, and, and it was kind of good. You know, because when you look at uh, Isaiah, is during the time of Uzziah, yeah. during the time of Ahaz, uh-huh. during the time of Hezekiah. You got Jotham in there too, but uh, here's Ahaz, who was a pretty good king. Mm-hmm. You know, in Judah. Um, Assyria is getting closer, so you've got the northern tribe of tribes of Israel who go up to Syria and they make an alliance because mm-hmm. they're they're going to try to fight off Assyria, mm-hmm. and so they want Judah to join them. So mm-hmm. there's three of them together, and a- Ahaz will have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Judah's tiny at this point, right? So it's almost it's like, and it's tiny. up in the hills. Yeah. So there's almost this moment where like this huge nation of Assyria is kind of like, yeah, is it worth yeah, it? Like, like, is, like, is the detour <laughs> worth it? Um, yeah, you know, just like, kind of knock it off. Yeah. But uh, but Ahaz, you know, refuses. Uh-huh. And in the refusal, then Syria and Israel that have allied together start coming against him. Mm-hmm. And so all the stupid things, he goes and makes an alliance with Assyria. <laughs> and, and Assyria does come down, protects Ahaz and Judah, knocks off Israel, and uh, but then tax, taxes Ahaz and his people really severely. And that continues on. Uh-huh. Um, Israel wow. gets demolished, and and so you still have this Judea. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> so you still have this Judea, and, and here comes good King Hezekiah, and his his story is fascinating, you know, because he does trust God. Mm-hmm. Assyria is right at the gates of Jerusalem, mm. and he's trusting God, and he's calling the people to pray and to worship and to sing, and and God does an amazing miracle and drives the Assyrians away. Um, this is then, the this is the whole thing with uh, Sennacrib's yeah. uh, prism, right? It's yeah. like you know, Sennacrib, shut up, Sennacrib's, as they say in Britain, or Sennacrib. 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 No. <laughs> you guys like your hard hard vowels. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he and his army, you know, they end up getting called away and and they leave. And uh, man, it, what a what a victory! So for God, yeah, you'd say. But then Hezekiah, you know, the Babylonians who are this kind of upstart country that's forming. They come down to woo Judah and Hezekiah, and, and he shows them everything, and he's excited. And that's when I, Isaiah comes onto the scene and says, you fool. Yeah, everything sort of, they've seen, yeah, they're going to come and take it eventually. Yeah, they're going to. And yeah. what kills me about Hezekiah is he, he says, okay, that's good. It's not going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the paternal good, instinct good is not leadership. strong in these ones at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, how yeah. good my grandson's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> but that takes you to chapter 39, and that message, Babylon's going to wipe you uh-huh. out. And then you get this message, comfort So, So the, 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 the um, theological or the... What's the word I'm looking for? Textual criticism of this yeah. is that, like, this is the split between uh, the first Isaiah and the second Isaiah. Like, this right. is like there's a big shift in the language. Now, doesn't mean it wasn't written by the same person. Like, language can change over times, but there is this different feel that hits 
in mm-hmm. chapter 40 you like you, you feel like you've it's like the moment where you're in lord of the rings and you move from like book one to book two you're like the tones changed like it feels like there was a page break and then you move into this new language yeah. so th- one through 39 is which kind of in, impending doom yeah. and, and then there's this weird shift as you talked about to comfort yeah to comfort and and you're right you know textual criticism says i mean some people say there's a there's a whole different person some people utero isaiah if i remember yeah. rightly um you know as i was wrestling with that I, I went down a bunny trail <laughs> looking at that and, going, and after about a couple of days that i said this is ridiculous i gotta write this sermon <laughs> you know? so uh i finally just came to a piece of realizing wow look at 39 ends with this predictive prophecy uh-huh. yeah there's, there's no reason it couldn't be the same person writing and that's just you know my background where yeah. i would come from uh, i can honestly see why some people would think oh this is a different person down the road because yeah. when you look at a lot of the things that are stated one you know in 40 through the end of the book i mean it even talks really distinctly about cyrus coming mm-hmm. to, to save them yeah um but yeah i believe i mean we all believe the inspiration of scripture mm-hmm. god's god's speaking so to me there's there's no problem with thinking this is Isaiah, maybe toward the end of his life. Yeah, and here's yeah. yeah, and here's one of the one of the frustrating parts that I have with like a lot of textual criticism um, is they're like this feels different, mm-hmm. yeah. Therefore, it's got to be a different author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and meanwhile, you have like I meet people all the time, or you or I read authors all the time. They have a book of poetry, they have a book about theology, yeah. and they have a book about like popular theology, and and like all different authors you know if you, if you want proof that things can change go back and read a paper that you read it wrote in college <laughs> yeah it's like well, cringe like well so uh, yeah so yeah. like this thing like it's it's all warning 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 it happens and then he sweeps in and starts talking about comfort of course it's gonna yeah, sound yeah, yeah. different <laughs> <laughs> well also you know i think i already told you i'm in my 70s um if i look back and see some of the stuff i preached when i was in 30s it's it's there's a different tone now. I would love to see Dan Elliott preaching. Oh, yeah, I'd love it if that was a video. I pull out some of those messages and I sit there and I think, how did these people sit there? Oh and man. Listen. So you, you I know, feel like I feel like you lucked out in the I've just got so much video evidence of like, you I know, have none. the whole development <laughs> is just, you know. <laughs> I just have written stuff and I'm going, "Oh my goodness." You yeah. know, it was just yeah, I was this kind of pompous guy who thought everybody wants to know this stuff. And, and yeah, you got a feeling, and, and, just hey. get him to read Calvin, everything will be fine. I, I, I learned to preach Hans. on like a <laughs> <laughs> I learned to preach on a big stage. So like early on, I would just like walk the entire length of the stage back and forth. It must have felt like watching a tennis match. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like pong. <laughs> People like wearing neck braces the next <laughs> I got whiplash watching Alex Creek. That's funny. So anyway. anyway, we haven't even gotten to your text yet. I know. This podcast is going to be longer than the sermon. <laughs> you did great. You you well, ended short. You. Hey, thank you. I, I wanted it to be shorter. Yeah, awesome. I wanted to hear that last song. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. So, yeah, this all this build up, warning, 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 and then it pivots here. And your text is actually Isaiah forty, right? Yeah, Isaiah forty one through eleven. Um, you know, and and the whole chapter is terrific. You know, because mm. at the end you got the rising up on wings like eagles, flying, but. But this one, calling them to comfort, calling them to speak to the heart of the people and, and, and to speak tenderly. Mm. And then, you know, just this whole thing about preparing the way. And you're preparing the way for the Lord, for God. God God's coming. And that's Advent. 
Yeah. That's Advent. God's coming. Let's you beat me to the, the punch. Way. I was going to ask you, why does this relate to Advent? Well, you just yeah, I mean, stole my thunder. <laughs> Aaron works really hard on these questions, don't you? <laughs> I was so excited. No, it's oh, fine. Let's carry on. But but then that whole thing, and, and I loved how those verses specifically refer, you know, the, the gospel writers refer to John, mm. John the Baptist. And so, and and I had someone come up to me after the, the service and say, I'm so glad you brought in John the Baptist. Oh, oh so yeah, yeah, John. yeah. Some people are like, John is like, if you don't begin with John, you you, uh, you went wrong. You went wrong. I wish that rhymed, but it doesn't. Well, uh. almost. But anyway, they, they were they were pleased that I meant, because they were having this big conflict with their family about John the Baptist is very important in the Advent. He is? So, yeah, he is. Yeah. He comes and he's, he says, Prepare the way, you know, level the mountains. It's fill in the super valleys, important that we get, get this pagan straight. celebration in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, our candles will all get messed up. <laughs> hey, you know, sorry, I, I do want to dance trying to explain this text and we keep derailing them. Well, we? No. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Sorry, <laughs> it's me. But, but here it goes. I'm going to derail myself because I want to go back to that whole bit, you know, like just the nativity story. Yeah. Which I think is a is a wonderful aspect of our Christmas celebration and how St. Francis, you know, the, the people couldn't read. Many of them didn't know the story of Christ's birth, so they acted it out, you know, and I just think that's yeah. a cool thing. What Which is also super inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> but how good for them to act out, at least give them a little bit of a taste. I, 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 uh, I 100% agree. I'm just pointing out, like, the, the comedy yes. of getting overly tied to certain traditions is like, is these are traditions meant they are a means to an end they are not an end in would you stop serious. criticizing our ad hoc 11th century traditions please <laughs> <laughs> so yeah chances are the uh, shepherds uh, and and the magi well there's probably more than three uh they pro they probably weren't there at the scene most likely almost certainly were not there at the scene uh at Boy, that very moment you're crushing a lot of little people now. i know i'm just saying i'm just saying a if, child if our goal just, is to be biblical we need to throw out just, a lot yeah <laughs> tears running from some people's cheeks right now <laughs> going, oh, Aaron, but th my point is like as christians have tried to articulate and visualize and communicate the incredible beauty of Christmas and the incarnation, they have taken various elements, redeemed them, expressed them artistically. And therefore I think it's amazing to celebrate with a, with a nativity or with advent candles or with a Christmas tree and all those sorts of things. Anyway, Good. So, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said yeah, I'm banging my drum. Yeah, you're banging I'm sorry, drum. but I just want to say like, if you're overly tied to those things, just remember they're not biblical. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, That's but they do range. they do beautifully, as you say, put the story in perspective. And uh, I was yeah. reading the other day, and I think all of us read some Fleming Rutledge in the, yeah. the different mm -hmm. season. But uh, one of the things she she pointed out that's just beautiful is in a real liturgical church, and we're like we're a convenience liturgical church. We do it when it's convenient. Yeah. Um, but but in a church that that just leans in heavily to that tradition. Uh, the the feast of Christ or the mass of Christ, Christ mass is followed two days later by the feast of the slaughtered innocents. So it ties together the, the, yeah. So, so the moment where Herod says, I'm going to, every child under two must be killed. That feast wow. happens on the 27th of December. Wow. So, so you put into perspective this like, as 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 potentially at least in our minds jesus and mary and 
Joseph are making this refugee journey, are fleeing uh, into life in Egypt, bizarrely of all places. Mm. Um, Herod is slaughtering a whole yeah. bunch of innocent children. Wow, it's um, crazy. Which just yeah, it, it it makes the you know adds some of the grit to yeah, to to that. And and we we have a, a bunch of we had actually had a refugee family turn up on Sunday. Um, they're from, um, I won't say the country just cause I don't know how like sensitive it is, but they're, they're political refugees and they turned up on the door and, wow. and like there's this moment where I got to see the church welcome them in and yeah. there's someone yeah. sitting That's there good. doing translation for them and stuff. And I'm like, I'm so glad because this family looks far more like Jesus and his family than my family does uh, with our golden retriever and our Christmas tree and our, you know, and our house in Highlands Ranch. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good. Like that, that uh, warmed my heart to see that. That's great. Hey, well, I want to swing it back to the sermon. Yes. You know, oh, wait, <laughs> wait, yes. Oh, yes, that's oh, what we do here. This podcast is supposed Whoa. to be like accomplishing something. Wow. Well, <laughs> well, the thing that, that really touched me, you know, is, okay, if John's this voice of, of comfort, of preparation, you know, of, of straightening the hills down and filling in the valleys. What's he saying? And that whole thing of his his message of repentance uh, just rang true for me. You know, repent, yeah. Repent. Mm-hmm. And um, and and yeah, we see repentance as as negative uh, many times. You yeah, know, it's just this inconvenient thing of having to say I'm sorry. You know, which is more of an apology than really repentance is to turn from something and really. Go toward that freedom that Christ has for us, that God has for us, um, and it's a it's a radical change. It's and a I think life, it's life you mentioned change. the Greek word for it, didn't you? It's not relevant. I just wanted to test you on your Greek. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that just rang with me. You know that whole thing, and and what Carrie said. You know, to yeah. me, my wife said, "Yeah, repentance is not punitive." Which we oftentimes look at repentance uh-huh. that way. No, repentance, repentance is restorative. Oh yeah, restores us to what that'll God preach. That'll preach yeah. indeed. I went up to Kerry afterwards and said, "Like, oh man, that was just a beautiful thing. I didn't know you were so wise, or something like that." And she said, "I didn't hey, either." She, when we got home, she <laughs> said, "That deserves a meal out." Definitely does. Yeah, so yeah. I took her out too. Yeah, yeah, so good for you. My kids, my kids only get five bucks, but Laura gets treated differently. I have this. I have this. Uh, this impression that it's not difficult for you to find an excuse to take your wife. <laughs> this guy oh, is Don. This guy's head over heels. He's constantly talking about. I took Carrie here and I took Carrie there and I took Carrie. We had so much fun. We were. They just frolic all over the city. Frolic. Yes. We did have fun. Frolic is the exact yeah. word I picture in my head. I picture Dan and Carrie frolicking across the it. city. Well, listen, I want to see you be frolicking in about thirty years. That's right. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But then that just brings us back you know it's the coming of god yeah Yeah. and preparing that way preparing our hearts that's what it's all about and uh yeah and so there's 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 some beautiful weird as you say some weird um unexpected in in repentance like one as you say it's not supposed to be about um punitive it's not supposed to be about even about like you know um scourging yourself with whips or any of the things that were practices back in the 16th 15th century um so, so it is this beautifully restorative thing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's also surprisingly inspired by God's goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's one yeah. of the passages that I just really took to heart years ago. Like the goodness of God leads to repentance. 
yeah. um, that, that it's actually not when people feel terrified yeah. Yeah. Uh, of what, what, what God might do. That works with dogs. I'm training a puppy at the moment, and when she's terrified, like she's actually really well behaved. Um, but um, well, it's good at changing behavior. Yeah, it may not it be good at transforming. Uh, yeah, from yeah. the inside art. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are, we, are we responding to God's love? Yeah. Rather than yeah, to some fear. How do how do I manipulate when there's this fear? Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, real transformation, real life change. Yeah. Yeah. So acknowledging that, yeah, I've. I've fallen short, but you know what? I've fallen short, but God covers it. Mm. That's amazing. You know, yeah. hey, I did find that Polish guy's name. You did? What was his name? Stopolkowski. Stopolkowski. I had, I, and, and I, uh, I, for the life of me, could not find it. I, I couldn't find the sermon that I preached years ago. <laughs> I loved ago. the moment where you said, I have an illustration, but I don't have any of the details yeah. of the illustration. <laughs> so here we go anyway. I'm there was a anyway. guy, and he might have done a thing. But I got to tell you. In a time. And, and uh, <laughs> Bill Brown wrote me that afternoon. He I said, love Dan, it. I just want you to know. Uh, when you preached that sermon years ago, I wrote that down. I looked at the Stopolkowski story. And no yes. way. And he sent. You mean people sent, listen to us when we preach? I, you know, and that's another thing. I was talking to Jessica and I said, you know, it's really a victory if somebody remembers what's said on Sunday morning, on Sunday night. But man, when someone might remember it two days later, that's better. I don't have my notes from that long ago, let alone notes on somebody <laughs> else's sermon. <laughs> like I don't have the sermon notes that well, I wrote. <laughs> I don't know that Bill had notes on the sermon. He had he had notes about this guy's. Life. Ah, okay, you yeah, I love it. Yeah. And uh, wow, it was yeah. an interesting story because that that whole thing about how Russia went into yeah, kind of take over Poland, and and they took these patriots who were up there in this provisional government who were respected, who were loved. Mm-hmm. Invited him back, and then they, when they got him into Russia, they arrested him and put him on this monkey trial. And uh, in the process, their whole and it says in Stubblekowski's book, their whole goal was to break us down psychologically. Mm. So one by one, yeah, they would say, "Yes, I did do that," and, and they signed these papers saying we are guilty, except for this guy Stubblekowski. Never, he never did, and uh, he still got sentenced. But you know, he got through the time. Survived, and his, yeah. his main statement was, "Yes, I did those things, mm. but I'm not guilty because God has covered me. I'm I'm free. I've turned from that stuff. I'm transformed." And and Time Magazine had a review of the book. Of his mm-hmm. book. And wow. the last statement is, uh, and I forget who the uh, inquisitor were I, or the the guy who was trying to break him down, but they said the one thing this guy did not know, he didn't know Stubblekowski's greatest ally, and that was. God Almighty. I love it. And I'm thinking, man, that comes from Time Magazine. Beautiful. So, amazing. Wow. That was back in 51. So, <laughs> so, so Dan, if there was, now we're middle-ish of the week from when the message was given, if there is anything that you really hope someone was remembering a couple days later, what's what was your heartbeat? What was sort of the burning longing you had for the community yeah. from this message? You know, I said something in the message that I that I really hope we caught on to, and that is that following Christ is a twenty four seven thing. The person it's, behind me said "Amen" to that. I heard it. I was yeah. like, "Yes, look at that." We're not an "Amen" in church, but that was <laughs> that got some. Yeah, we got to work on that. Yeah, but uh, just that that realization. You know, I, I think there's, and I don't know about South, 
but I'm sure there's some folks that come on Sunday morning and, and they pat themselves on the back thinking, yeah, we're giving an hour and a half. That's really mm. good. Um, God says, no, I want every hour, mm. you know, and, and, and this is a full-time occupation and it, and it floods your vocation. It floods your, uh, you know, your family life. Uh, it, it, it's what characterizes how we live. Uh, that's what I hope people get. And, and so this message, you know, there's real comfort when we, when we come into that, because that's what we were created for. Yes. Everyone I think has this longing inside of them, some void that needs to be filled. Um, I think now it's kind of popular to say everybody wants to go home Mm. and that home is God. Mm. You know, he's created us in his image and and he wants us to come in and and feel his embrace. Mm. And um, yeah. And that's a 24 seven thing. Love it. We did get one question that came in. It, it says this. It wasn't about pagan practices. No. Oh, I didn't, one more question. Okay. Sorry. Oh, another one. This one says, not a question, <laughs> but a comment. I love Christmas Day services last year. So there you go, Alex. You have one vote. <laughs> Man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Alex is. I, I'm actually trying is, to decide. We decided that Alex would have a Christmas morning service every every year, but then he has a rebellious staff, so Alex. that, that yeah. doesn't happen. Oh my <laughs> so. I, I am trying to find a. If anyone knows a midnight <laughs> a midnight service anywhere, I, I I would love to know midnight Christmas oh, Eve. Man. Because you know. last week I was teasing, I was like, you know, you're a lead pastor at a church, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's no. not his style. Not his style. No. You, we went to a church when, one Christmas Eve, and uh, and it was a midnight service. It was like 11 to midnight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I will always remember, they sang these Christmas carols, and they sang every verse. And, and some it. of those Christmas carols had like 12 verses. Well, we, we, had, this, the, we had this moment of our last hymn sing where Roxy knows that I'm deeply... Uh, she's our choir director, for those of you yeah. who don't know. Yeah. She's deep, she, I'm deeply passionate about Wesley hymns, especially. Mm. I love And Can It Be. Uh, and there's this bit where they've got in their book like to skip verse three. That's and I'm like, I just... You can't skip verse three. But you can't skip any of them as well. Yeah, they're all... It's written and, as a and poem. So, yeah. And so they're singing it at the last hymn sing and Scott Sheldon kind of looks at me with this kind of little <laughs> smile on his face. I'm like, don't you dare skip it. Don't you dare... And they didn't. I was so happy. See, you still have influence in I this still place. have influence. I went hey. to whine appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last What's year, funny is... Like what Wesley probably had thirty five verses, Absolutely. and then his brother, <laughs> yes, yeah, his yeah, brother yeah. would take them all out. Yeah. I wish I I wish we had record of some some of the verses. Oh wow! That uh, like Charles, Charles Wesley's brother John, that punk. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 incredibly gifted speaking, <laughs> yeah, extraordinary organizational whatever. Yeah, genius. Yeah. But yeah, uh, John was a little uncomfortable with the flowery language of poetry. Uh, and so if it wasn't uh, explicit enough, and it was too poetic, he would remove it from his bit, brother's yeah, hymn, yeah. Mm. and his brother would just go with it. Uh, John, was the, John was the powerhouse, right? You know, yeah. yeah, like, uh, what's that? Um, love divine, the love of God? Love, oh, yeah, the love of yes, mm. the, rich and pure. His brother did not like that one. Oh. Because it was too emotive, and it like almost was too intimate with yes. God. Yes. God was yeah. not transcendent enough. Huh? Fascinating wow. stuff. Interesting. Uh, that's not what this podcast is about. Sorry. What, what were next we talking about? Next week. <laughs> yeah, next week. What are we, no. Hey, I will tell you, last year we went Christmas Carol, the, the, the choir. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas Carol. And I will probably never live this one down. I was 
I was kind of leading some of the Christmas carols, and I forget what song it was. I think it was Angels We Have Heard on the High. And there's like six verses, and I had to sing all six. Because I kept reading them. The next one, it said, goes right along with it. So we yeah, sing that one. Brilliant. And then we sing that one. You know, and, and everybody in the choir saying, oh, don't let Dan lead. We'll, we'll sing all the verses again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway. That's my kind of choir, uh, choir, my kind of carol singing. I love it. <laughs> all of them. Anything else we want to cover? Not that I think of. Thanks for preaching, Dan. Yeah. Hey, Thanks was, for taking a, uh, an hour out of your schedule to come and podcast with us. Certainly. Yeah. Thank you for letting me sit in between you guys. My goodness. Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll just give a, a few order items of business real quick. Um, we will, we may or we haven't fully decided which episodes coming up that we're mm-hmm. going to skip, but because of the holidays, Alex and I might not do all of the episodes. We will keep you posted on that. But if for some reason you, if you're just, Hop on the podcast New Year's morning uh, with excitement in your soul and you don't find an episode uh, that might be why. Mm. I don't know what. Yeah. Anyway, so that's part of what's going New on Year's there. It's a Monday. Uh, I know. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, Maybe they listen on Mondays. Maybe they do. This is an illustration, Alex. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then. Uh, I don't believe in illustrations in preaching. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> and has listened to Alex preach to know how hysterical that is because yes. I think he's one of the master illustrators I know. Um, uh, other thing is, hey, if you haven't given this podcast a review, um, we would love that. That would and be we, delightful. It would be delightful. We don't, we haven't mentioned this in like nine months or something. And could I clarify? If you haven't given this podcast a good review. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, and I would just point out where we started this whole time. I was talking about his shoes. I'd love to hear what people think of those shoes. Yeah. Can well, we most see? People, well, there's plenty of people that can't see them. Oh, That's the problem. So if you're on video, oh, there, there we go. There you can goes. see. But uh, yeah. 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 Um, Not a bad one from Renew mm. Yeah. So I'll do all the things that make podcasts go. I don't even know what those are. <laughs> Apparently, you share it with a friend. That's the deal, yeah. 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 You review it because that boosts you up to a certain level or whatever. And you comment especially rather than just like put a number. So we like like stars that are more than four. See, Alex knows knows Um, more about this than I do. And and if you suffered all the way through this one episode and didn't like it, but listened to the end (laughs) and thinking about giving it a one-star rating, it was all Dan's fault. It's usually (laughs) 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 different. Good day and every night. And so that, that, and then a comment of some kind. And if any of you out there knows Tim Mackey, you can let him know <laughs> that he can have this podcast. <laughs> All right. Imagine that. Like imagine imagine having to research for a podcast. <laughs> which we would have to do if we had Tim Mackey on like Oh man. Yeah, you would. Yeah. That guy's slightly more researched than we are. All right. Bye. Good. Now I'm gonna do the awkward thing where I have to find the stop button. Bye everybody. See Bye-bye. you guys. Bye.